Welcome back to another episode of the Crossover Podcast. Miles, Iz, and Stevie back at it again. Today we have a great episode. We have former Rutgers and NFL linebacker and now VP of Talent and Malka Sports, Kevin Malist. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. How you doing? Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm fired up. For sure. How has your uh, quarantine been? Other than growing out of the beard, what have you been up to? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's... um. It's been different. It's, uh, you know, no, it's something nobody can really prepare for, but I'm glad uh, the company I work for is well positioned for it, if that makes sense. So um, we've been very active, uh, all different types of things rolling, you know, with our talent, brands, and media properties that we work with across the board. Uh, but also on, on, like, on a more personal level, it's, um, it's different. It's tough because I have a three-year-old running around. So like this, this kid will like just jump right into meetings. Like I'll just climb my lap and say hi to whoever's like talking, I'm talking to on the computer. Um, and I, and we just had uh, our second baby, uh, June 1st. So, you know, Congratulations. We're, we're, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, uh, baby girl, her name's Gia. My son's name's Cameron. And we're just, you know, learning on the fly and, uh, just making it work, man. You know, every day is different. And, uh, just uh, trying to make it, trying to balance, you know, work life like everybody else is doing and uh, just trying to find positives in this time. And, and what's cool about it is you get more additional time with family, you know? So like, you know, I spend a lot of time with my son and uh, that I normally wouldn't be getting. So it's again, just finding the wins and anything else and just, just enjoying one day at a time. So tell us a little bit more about what you're currently doing for your role. For sure. Uh, so um, my specific role is the VP of talent of Mocha Sports, like you said. And uh, basically my role is to grow the business organically through my relationships in sports. You know, that that's like a very high level. Also, I manage our talent. So uh, whether that's, you know, negotiating with a brand for the talent, um, positioning the talent in media in a certain way, or uh, acquiring new talent and recruiting. So I'm doing everything across the board that basically deals with anything in our talent that we work with and also just growing those relationships. I mean, my business and what I do is a relationship driven business. Uh, It's, and I've kind of learned that just, you know, being as being a good teammate as a player, uh, you know, at Rutgers and through my time in the NFL, I built a lot of amazing relationships along the way and it kind of positioned me to be able to do the job I have now. So I'm very thankful uh, for my past, what's gotten me to this point. When you were obviously, at, at a certain point, you started taking football very seriously. At what sure. point did you kind of know that you needed to make a little bit of a career change? And did you know that you wanted your career to go in the direction that it did? That's a, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, high level, no, I, I had no idea I was going to work on the agency side of the business. I had no clue. Um, and what's cool about our story is that now I work for the guy, our uh, president, of Mocha Sports is a guy named Pat Capra and Pat represented me as a player. So it was really cool in that aspect that I learned firsthand as far as what agency should be doing and providing a player. You know, I mean, I, and I've been through a lot. Like I've been, I've been on three different NFL teams. Uh, I've been cut. I've been on IR. I've been on active. Uh, so I've been everything across the board in the NFL. And then also, I even went through the 2011 lockout. Like, so that was like an interesting time. And and then even more so, where I'll come, you know, full circle is, you know, the transition period, which is a very tough period. And it's no one really talks about. It's not, it's not the sexiest thing to talk about when kids are coming out of college. Like, we're going to help you with your transition because all they're thinking about is playing 10 years in the NFL, and they think it's going to last forever. Um, but you know, to me, what an agent should be doing or an agency should be doing is being around you. And helping you and positioning you for those tough times in life. 
And for me specifically, it was very hard to move forward from football. I love football. Uh, I love everything about it. I love being in the film room. I love training every day. Uh, all my friends thought it was nuts because I'd be looking forward to training camp. Like I love training camp, you know, waking up every day and just getting to hit someone and, you know, and become a, becoming the best linebacker I could possibly be. Um, so when I, when I realized my time was running out, I got put on IR in, in uh, Tennessee in 2012 and I got officially released from Tennessee in 2013. Uh, I had a couple offers to go to Canada, but at that time it, it didn't seem right for me. Um, the money wasn't really there uh, to, to be an American player going to play in Canada because um, they have a lot of different rules and, and how they go after Canadian players um, to keep the integrity of that league, which I understand. But uh, at that point, I, I was like, you know what, let me just figure out what my next move is going to be. And then my guy, uh, the, my agent that I worked with, you know, he really helped me and um, I had a lot of great support from my family and everybody else around me to kind of help me move on to that next phase of life. Um, and then that kind of brought me to my first job. My first job out of football was I worked for an HR company called Insperity. Uh, and basically they developed uh, in HR infrastructure for small to mid-sized companies. And uh, it's a very random job, you know, a completely random job for me coming out. But me, I just wanted to, you know, I want to jump right into corporate America and see what it's all about. You know, I'm very competitive in sports. I was like, let me just bring this competitiveness into business and see and see what it's all about. You know, I have a bunch of family who are in police and, and I just didn't want to go, go that direction. And uh, again, I have a very supportive family. So they supported me, whatever I decided to do. Uh, but again, that was a very hard transition. I mean, you're talking about my job. First of all, my resume only read NFL teams on it. So I walk into an HR company that actually you need sales experience and HR experience to actually get the job. It's not a beginner level type job. It's actually a tough sell. And um, so I walk in and I was like, you know what? I was super energetic uh, talking to the guy who interviewed me. And I think they're like, you know what? This guy's absolutely out of his mind, but let's get the chance <laughs> and see what he can do. You know, like I'd regret not offering him. And uh, so, you know, I jumped into it. I, I did three years there and that really helped me uh, from a, from a development standpoint, you know, I, I, I had a great ability to develop all these amazing relationships and, um, and to kind of create wins to make introductions. However, I need to refine myself as uh, a business person, you know, and just from day to day things, even something as simple as sending an email. You know, I mean, think about it. My job was to run down field and kick off and the break wedges open. Uh, and then I, so then I'm now I'm walking into a corporate America with a shirt and tie on and I don't even know how to like fax or scan anything, you know? So it's just, a, it's just a way different, you know, transition level, but I'm, I'm grateful for that. Like I embraced it, you know, it, people, you always hear that expression, be comfortable, being uncomfortable. Uh, and I've always embraced that throughout my entire career, no matter what I was doing. Coach Shiano would actually preach that a lot of Rutgers. And, uh, but I'm, you know, I just dove into it, did really well in three years there. I made a lot of great relationships. One, two things I told myself going into my first job is I wanted to, keep, to be able to continue to develop relationships, meet, meet people all across the network of all different types of backgrounds and industries. And that allowed me to do that because my job was to get in front of C-level executives uh, to, pitch, to pitch our service for them to, to take it on. So that put me in position to do that, which I tapped into the Rutgers network very heavily. And also I wanted to continue to get an education. You know, I, I wanted to learn more about business. It just gave me a hands-on approach to business. I was learning about all different types of businesses and industries um, by talking about how we can retain uh, talent better there or how we can give them better benefits to, to, to find the talent they're looking for. So again, it, it brought me into like a really cool world, interesting world. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I'm grateful I jumped into it. And, and throughout that process, the guy who represented me as a player, that guy, Pat Capra, I was just explaining, he was like, dude, you should join this world. You know, you, you, cause you, you have all the, um, 
characteristics to make you very successful uh, in this side of the business as far as, you know, being a former player, your, uh, the mentor level of that, because I've walked in their shoes. I've done what they've all done, um, you know, getting ready for a training camp and, you know, in the highs and lows of a career. Uh, and then also just organically building relationships, which I just believe in. You know, I, I, I always just try to constantly help others. And that's kind of positioned me um, to bring me into what I'm doing now. So in a very long-winded response, um, that's how, kind of how I got into the agency part of the business. That's cool. But, uh, for so, sure. Uh, I'm just going back a little bit. You mentioned the uh, mm -hmm. lockout. What'd you do during it? Was that like, yeah. was it weird? Like, like, what you like not waking up and not having anything to do? Like, or not, not having no, something to do, but like just work out and shit all day. For sure. The, the lockout was very interesting because well, one thing about the NFL uh, that is very different in college is when you have, when you, when you're on your own and like there, there's an off season, mm -hmm. it's a real off season and yeah. you have to be mature enough to hold yourself accountable, uh, to keep a regimen, to make sure you go back ready. Like me, I was a day-to-day -day guy in the NFL. Um, any day I could get cut and I acted that way. I acted with that kind of sense of urgency of being prepared and doing the right thing and, and making sure I was best positioned to be successful at that, at that level. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, the lockouts were even, a, even a more aggressive wrench in there too, yeah. as far as, you know, again, you got to hold yourself accountable, you know, and that's what we're telling these guys now, you know, my clients now I'm saying, Hey, go back ready, man. Like it, one thing is, um, the NFL will not wait for anybody. Once a death yeah. settles and everything, everything gets going, um, they're not going to wait around and wait two weeks for you to, you know, get back in the mix and, Oh, Oh, you're not in shape yet. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll hold off. No, they're going to bring it. They're going to fire you. And they're going to bring another guy in who, who is ready. Yeah. Um, and that's how I kind of treated the lockout. You know, it, it was very weird, like not reporting to an OTA because all we missed during that lockout in 11 was just that OTA and mini camp time, yeah. um, which, which sucked because I needed that time to uh, position myself on the team uh, mm -hmm. as far as what I can do. Cause that was my first year actually in Tennessee. I just signed with Tennessee and then the lockout. Hit. So I was excited to get there yeah, that's a, that's a tough and, and make it a point. And then Mike, and then Mike Munchak was actually the new head coach of that season. Um, so he had a whole new staff that I wanted to get used to and you weren't allowed to do that. So again, we actually uh, in Tennessee, I, I believe uh, we, 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 we had Jake Locker with that first round pick and Matt Hasselbeck. We had just acquired uh, in free agency. And those guys were awesome, awesome dudes as far as like gathering the team. So we did a couple of, uh, you know, uh, workouts down in Tennessee, like on our mm -hmm. own, but nothing too crazy though, you know, but a lot of it's just holding yourself accountable and um, making sure I'm doing things to, to be successful in that league and also stay proactive and developing a network outside of it too during that time. Cause again, when you have this free time, you're, you, you know, you want to use it to your best ability. You know, you don't want to just sit down and be like, ah, you know, no one else is really doing much. I'll just hang out. And that's what we're trying to tell these guys now. Like even during this time, our agency, we're trying to position our guys with um, other other executives of other, like introducing to people, especially NFL players who made the transition. Um, yeah. Guys who went to commercial real estate and the broadcasting and finance and just, you know, gain a little education, you know, during this downtime, this aggressive, you know, more, more substantiated damp downtime than you normally would have, you know? So um, again, just taking advantage of, of the time is, is, it's kind of what that 2011 lockout was for me. Do you have, um, do you find more players looking more for their future now since this COVID hit, since the quarantines and stuff, or like they're just more focused on like the season coming up? Yeah, you know what? I, I think it, every player, I mean, you're, you're going to see, you know, there's just over 2,000 guys in the, going into the league, you know, when it rushes, expanded 90, um, uh -huh. going, uh, going into the season. And you're going to see just over 2,000 people, uh, different ways of approaching it. 
you know, yeah. so you, you have a bunch of guys who are, you know, looking long term and figuring out, you know, if football, you know, because again, like you're thinking more like during this time because you, you have more downtime than you normally would be. Like all these guys are very regimented. Uh, and then now that you have free time and you're having conversations with people outside of football, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, taking this time as far as thinking, you know, when football's done, what am I going to do? Um, and, and honestly, you know, we're trying to get our guys thinking that way as far as just an urgency of developing yourself outside the field. Because yeah. there's only so much training in football you can do in a 24-hour period. I mean, think about it. I mean, you can't train for 15 hours a day. It's ridiculous. You Not know, tough. so what else are you doing with that time while you have this platform? Because while you're an NFL player, it's way different even being a retired NFL player. It just is. Mm-hmm. You know, people are just a little more interested. Um, it's a little easier to get a meeting. And that's what we're telling, trying to tell these guys. is like, man, you have a great opportunity to use your platform now. We'll use it, man. There's plenty of guys. There's plenty of, you know, we got a player on the Giants. There's plenty of guys who would be dying to have a conversation with a guy who plays for the Giants. You know what I mean? Bunch yeah. of C-level execs of guys who are super successful and give you plenty of opportunities even when your career is down, done down the line. You know, I mean, doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, you can find those opportunities. Being at, at Malco, it's kind of like a melting pot of content. And, and yeah. what, really, what really stuck out to me was the Frank Yeager commercial with, you know, the awesome music in the back and, and how, how the production of it in, in general. So I'm curious yeah. how, how your interest in, in music and in film influenced your decision to do something like this since everything kind of meshes together. Yeah, you know what? The content side of the business is really uh, a differentiator for us, you know, and how we do it. You know, the, the agency model is trending in a way different direction now as far as people owning their own content, doing their own content, storytelling, individual player profiles and things like that. And then and especially operating at the cross section of brands, media properties, like all the podcasts that we run and our talent. You know, so to be able to interconnect that and that cross section, it's heavy. And it's just a lot more opportunity to be able to do that. You know, the old school model of an agency of strictly just negotiating a contract and collecting fee percent of that and kind of circling back with the player every now and then, maybe teeing up an intro every now and then. That's what it to me, I mean, at least how we operate, it's way in the past. You know, the way we're thinking every day is what kind of opportunity can we provide these guys? And then do we send shooters out to what they're doing? Uh, if they're working with a brand, do we just connect and create a commercial there? Um, you know, with the Frankie Edgar, uh thing that you're talking about, that was with Body Armor, and Body Armor was kind of on the fence as far as, you know, do we just give them product or do we, you know, do we give them money leading up to a fight? Uh, and then we we proactively created that converse, um, created that commercial for him where he was training in the Jersey Shore, and we were able to bring it back to Body Armor, and, uh, and they, and they liked it and bought it, you know? So, again, to be able to be that proactive, now there's a little risk involved in doing that, but... You know, we have plenty of people who are very knowledgeable in that world who understand what that risk is. And uh, we're able, you know, to, 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 bring it, to bring it to life, which is really cool to have that kind of capability. Um, and again, it just creates a lot more different opportunity. There, I, I bring people in our office all the time. Uh, in, in, uh, we're headquartered in Jersey City. Uh, and the reason for that is I just like to have conversations with people. And then we start bouncing ideas back and forth because chances are there's probably a way we can find a way to work with them with everything that we have in house and we're able to do. I mean, we have, we have about 90 creatives, graphic designers, editors, shooters uh, across the board that we have full access to and we can kind of maneuver, you know, and create some amazing opportunity. Right. So who's, who's input has the most pull, I would say, you know, does the athlete get it or does, do you or, or Pat get it or do the graphic designers get it or the, 
what's what's cool about you know the way we operate so it's multimedia and multi sports so multimedia and we're basically infused to one another and there's and we operate as one you know even though there's two different tax tax uh, tax ids but where um, we operate as one, you know, we have two office spaces in Jersey city and the other one in Santa Monica, California. Um, and what's cool about our situation. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a little braggish here, but is everyone's very collaborative and just creative. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter who you are or what you do in the company. If you have a good idea, it will be heard and we'll all talk about it. And if that's the way it should be. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and that's why I really enjoy working there with some uh, really absolutely amazing people. I mean, a lot of times when I'm sitting down with uh, an athlete or a coach, cause we rep coaches as well, I'm showing them all the content that everybody in the rest of the office is doing. You know what I mean? And like, and I'm, I'm bragging about them essentially. Cause I'm like, yo, check out this commercial we did here or this podcast sizzle here or this podcast that we're working on or, um, you know, and this brand work we did here, you know, it's really cool to be able to do that. And, it's really a cool culture as far as, you know, that development on that content side and how we perceive things. Where are you in Jersey still, Kevin? I am. So I'm born and raised in uh, Manchester Township, which is in Ocean County. And then uh, currently I live in Tom's River, which is a town that borders um, Manchester, right, right in Ocean County, about 10 minutes from Seaside. Yeah. How is that commute to Jersey City from there? Uh, it's, uh, it gets tough sometimes. But here's the thing, like my job and my role, I don't have to be in the office uh, every day. Uh, my thing is That's to be good. out in front and meet with people. I spend a lot of time at Rutgers or no matter, you know, depending on what we got going on or going out to breakfast or lunch with people, uh, taking calls. Uh, but I do like to be in the office too, because there's a lot of creativity that's happening around there. And, and again, like I like bringing people to the office. Uh, what's cool is, you know, I, I, I take a lot of uh, conference calls in the morning time. So I leave a, a little after that traffic period. So I can just shoot right up. And I live right off the parkway. I'm less than a mile off the parkway. So it's I can kind of I can still be in the office in an hour and ten minutes, which to me that's not a bad drive. My other my other job was in Florham Park. And that 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 drive was brutal. It's going seventy eight to twenty four. Yeah. Uh, yes. Or nice. Or so we're we're all Jersey boys as well. Uh, I'm curious, like, how does Jersey compare to the other places that you live, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Chicago, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jersey's its own its own animal, as you guys know. You know, and um, and, and getting to travel a lot now for work and, and, and business. Um, it's just got a different feel. You know, like being between two major cities and having the Jersey Shore right there. Uh, me specifically, you know, I'm very loyal and, and uh, to Rutgers uh, and, and you know Jersey as a whole. I'm a I'm a Jersey guy through and through. My father's actually retired lieutenant colonel in the state police, so I'm very Jersey driven and um it's uh it's definitely different you know it's definitely different tennessee um you know people say hi to you like walking on the street and people who don't even know and you're kind of caught off guard because you would never really do that in new jersey you know it kind of people kind of mind their own business and things like that but tennessee was awesome everyone was super nice and and genuine but I, one thing about like new jersey uh, uh new jersey that i love it's just like the raw feel it's you're going to get honesty out the gate, you know, uh, in, in most cases. So that's, that's one thing that's very different than these other places uh, that I've been to. So obviously we're all Jersey guys. I need to know your thoughts about some of these uh, Jersey-born rappers, athletes. Well, you're Tom's River. So you're, you're neighbors with Todd Frazier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, uh, so, yeah, Todd, Todd lives in Tom's River. And it's funny, I, I went to Rutgers with Todd, too. So Todd's... Uh, was a year above me at Rutgers and then he left a year early for the majors. But, uh, and I used to hang out with him out there and, um, he's actually, even though we're different years, I'm older for my grade. So 
I went so that year when they won. Obviously, you guys know like that Tom's a Reese Little League team, right? Like that Todd was on when he was younger. Uh-huh. So when he won, when they won that whole thing. I was on another 12-year-old All-Star team at Manchester, and we played them the first game of the entire journey to when they beat Japan. You know, so we were the first wow. game they played, and they kind of ruled us. They kicked the shit out of us, <laughs> right? Is it okay if I curse on you? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're good. Uh, you're good. And, and, you know, so, like, it was, it's just kind of funny. Like, And Ty was a great Pop Warner player, too. So I played against him in Pop Warner and youth football, and, and he dropped football when he got in, uh, in high school. But um but yeah i've known todd in fact we had todd on we, we've been doing a lot of different podcast work with some of our talent uh just try, again trying to take advantage of this time and we have a podcast with um scott goodale the head coach of Rutgers wrestling mm-hmm. and anthony ashenall who's like you know clearly a jersey legend wrestler right. um first national champ and um todd actually went on their podcast it was, it was awesome. a really cool really cool show yeah, yeah it was awesome but yeah todd's a great guy he's uh, ocean guy in royalty for sure so you're a baseball fan or strictly football yeah, you know, I'm I, I'm a baseball fan. I played baseball in high school. Um, I was a three sport athlete in high school. And I was a wrestler as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely a baseball fan for sure. Yankee fan. Stevie, uh, one probably hurt, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, baseball is is pretty much dead and buried right now. So I don't even want to think about it. It's tough, and it seems like they're, they're you know they're not really close right now, which uh, yeah. You know, it's a shame. Manfred just said that they're 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 not looking too good, and it's a disaster. Yeah, it's kind of scary. It, Brandon, it is crazy. Brandon Brooks just tore his Achilles too. Nice. Jesus, yeah. So, Kevin, did you ever consider, like, was football your always your most serious sport, or were you ever considering taking wrestling and baseball equally as seriously? Um, you know what i I just growing up my uh, I had two older brothers who were great athletes. Um, they actually both played college football as well. One played linebacker at uh, University of New Hampshire. Actually, when he was there, Chip Kelly was the offensive coordinator for New Hampshire. Uh, this is in the late nineties. Wow. And then, um, and then my middle brother was a great, great uh, high school running back, and he had, and uh, he had a full scholarship to BMI, Virginia Military Institute. So both uh, they both had one AA programs. Uh, my oldest brother had a, had a full scholarship as well. And in fact, my, my father played uh, football at Villanova. Uh, so it's kind of funny, you know, all these guys, you know, you know, all playing football. But my dad was just a big believer of being a three-sport athlete. You know, there, there's other skill levels and other sports that can help enhance the sport that you think is your dominant one. And, uh, and, and, you, and again, like kids, like kids all develop at different rate, rates and stages. And you never know, like, what's going to be your sport. Like, it always cracks me up to see these uh, parents just have their kids play one sport year-round and they're like 10 years old. I mean, you never know. Like, this kid could grow to be six, seven one day, and basketball becomes a sport. You know what I mean? And like, and you never like develop the skill there. You know, to me, uh, that, that's insane. And and wrestling and, and baseball really were different skill levels than uh, football. Just three different sports. Um, and I think because of that, I was, that was why I was able to see, succeed in all three. And I and I worked at whatever sport was, whatever season it was. You know, I I didn't like I wasn't a full year round for any one specific sport, you know, cause and honestly, I think that kept me fresh. Now I, I, I lifted weights throughout all those sports, that's for sure. And that really helped me uh, develop into an athlete that I be- became, but um, uh, that's, you know, that, that's basically it. You know, I just, uh, I, I believe in kind of being multi multifaceted and, and that really helps. Uh, I think any athlete's development and wrestling and wrestling specifically, I'm a huge fan of uh, wrestling, uh, which is, you know, which is why we dab into that wrestling space a little bit in the agency uh, world, because, um, there's a lot, there's a hyper passionate fan base there. And, 
Um, you know, those that's supposed to become more and more popular, especially at Rutgers. We've seen that firsthand with uh, uh, Scott Goodell and what he's doing with that program. You know, so it's been, you know, I, I'm definitely a huge wrestling fan. Oh yeah, you are you a UFC guy? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm a big UFC guy. I, it's a, just a tremendous sport. Um, and, and what those guys do and what they put their bodies through. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, I have so much respect for, for those athletes. And um, we work really close with Frankie Edgar, uh, yeah. and we do a lot of stuff with him. So it's, you know, to see it firsthand, you know, to watch him train and what he does and how he pursues at that level, um, it's it's very special, you know. And, and just to see, like, you know, it's cool being an athlete in a different sport and how they do it in another sport, you know, to see it up close. It's uh, it's awesome. Right. So, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Miles. No, I was just going to say, um, I, I agree. Like the physical exertion that they put their body through is, it might not be paralleled in any other sport. It's crazy, but it is. And, and, and what's cool about like, you know, in the wrestling space, and this is kind of why, you know, this is part of the reason why we kind of pursued it is a lot of wrestlers, you know, if they want to go pro in something, they think, you know, going to UFC because wrestling is a great skill to have as, as a UFC fighter. You know what I mean? So it's, um, there's a lot of former wrestlers who were great wrestlers in college um, and are very successful in the UFC. So it's a, it it's a natural like, transition. It seems like most of them have a wrestling background of some sort. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You see, you see that across the board a lot, you know, and, and plus like, you know, you look at a guy, we, we represent Anthony Ashnall, Um, you know, and a lot of those guys, uh, even if, if they want to coach one day, well, then we'll just, you know, transition, you know, Anthony's going to pursue the Olympics, you know, which is really cool and, and will be fun to watch him do. Um, but, you know, longer down the line when he's done competing as a wrestler um, and what we do is we help him with brands around him and, and get him organized, uh, you know, position him in a certain way and uh, create content for him to engage with his audience. Like that's how we kind of help Ant and, 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 you know, uh, kind of jumpstart him he uh he'll probably coach one day you know so then we'll just take over his coaching contract and and, and, and go that direction as well so it's a really cool you know interesting transition definitely um so aside from sports um we want to know about your music choices what kind of music you're into all that kind of stuff i know i mentioned like jersey born guys before like springsteen bon jovi only yeah. rap that's coming to mind is fetty Wap for some reason i'm sure there's more I think I'm, I'm a huge. Uh, I I love Fetty Wap's music. Um, <laughs> he he's a Patterson guy, right? Isn't he Patterson. a Patterson guy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's funny. I know his financial advisor really well. So yeah, I'm I'm a big Fetty Wap guy. Uh, you know, you know, low hanging. I mean, everyone's a little bit of a Springsteen fan. You know, everybody right. having a mix. And but but my my as far as my take in music, it's literally everything. Like it's across the it's across the board. The only thing I won't do is like dance and techno and stuff like that yeah you know yeah. Uh, like you, you're not gonna see me like you know with some bumping dance and techno stuff but uh other than that like if you put if you went on my spotify like like songs like he would be like across the board you'd be like whoa it's just the same guy listening to this music <laughs> kevin being being an ocean guy um not many people i talk to know about him but do you know you know about Southside johnny right Southside johnny no <laughs> what <laughs> You gotta look up. All right, so he was like, he's like <laughs> did, older than that. This, this guy asked so. every everybody he meets about Southside Johnny. Nobody knows who that is. I'm sorry, I'm a little upset. I'm disappointing you right now. I, I gotta no. check it out. What kind, what, what kind of music? What kind of music? It's, it's a classic rock. He, him, and Springsteen came up together, and Springsteen got the got like the big and famous one, and he stayed and just kept playing at the Stone Pony. Oh 
my that's god! All he, does. he always brings out uh, Spr- uh, Bruce at the Stone Pony. Like the Stone Pony, the Stone Pony's race. I don't fault him for doing that, but uh, yeah, wow. I mean, Bruce worked out really well for Bruce Springsteen. I got to uh, look him up when you get off of this, I will. Uh, Southside Johnny. I mean, he's a little different. Like this is like my mom's shit. So like, <laughs> I listen to whatever she did. So I, I and like, no one knows about him. I'm like, how does like no one, no one from the beach know about this guy? Like. <laughs> They're all from the beach. They all play. I know. I know. Not, I got to be so. better than that. I got to be better than that. I pride, right. myself we'll in, like, <laughs> I pride myself. In, I pride myself in Jersey Shore culture too. It's so funny. Like I, I, I love being a part of the Jersey Shore. Like that's I always talk about it. And even when, so when I played in Chicago, mm-hmm. it was so funny because that's when like the, the show got popular. The Jersey Shore show was getting yeah. like was really popular at that time. So when I was in Chicago, I used to get my balls busted all the time. Like, uh, you know, being a Jersey Shore guy, I used to get called the situation. You know, like Earl Lack- like Earl Lacker would call me like, hey, situation. you know, like I used to get like just ripped on out there. And like, everyone's like, it's really like that. And I'm like, I mean, kind of. I mean, not really. I mean, it's, it's, it's a it's a mix of people. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm it's, like, what do you think of me? Like I live there, you know? So it's uh, almost like you're so used to it. You don't even notice that like people are like actually like that. You know, that is, that, that's, that's true. It's, it's such a different, uh, it's a different feel. It's, it's funny though, but people like have this one, like they, they watch that show and they think everybody in the Jersey shore is just like that. Yeah. Like, that's not definitely not the case, case. but like, yeah. <laughs> in some, maybe but, some areas, but. Oh, I I no doubt. You definitely walk through Seaside. And you'll you'll still get some. Uh, you'll still get some people like that. Oh yeah, great people watching, and it's great. Like I go to I go to Seaside all the time with my son, and it's because I can I can be in Seaside. I can be on the boardwalk in ten minutes from where I live. Awesome. Um, so it's 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 nice to be that close. And um, but it's funny. I mean, Jersey Shore. Like, there's so much talent that comes out of here too. Even from the sports perspective, uh, when I think back to um, when I was in high school, uh, I played against two first round tailbacks just in high school and wow. they were they were do you, do you you think you guys can guess them think of jersey uh-huh. shore tailbacks now nah, it might be a little uh jersey shore think so think yeah high school great high school they're, they're both great high school players they're both first rounders when both first rounders actually in the school? same the same year so you want the high schools the colleges okay the colleges are georgia and yukon what's this what's this and the one from georgia is right on the tip of my tongue UConn, I, yeah, UConn, I'll never guess. Georgia, I mean, Georgia's running back you. Uh, yeah. I have no idea. I have All right, no so, idea. If I, so if I disappoint you with Southside Johnny, you guys are disappointed <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> oh, no, I got him. Yo, I got him. I got him. I th- he went to a Middletown, right? Middletown South. Oh, it's no Sean. Yeah. Oh, no Sean Marino. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. No, yeah, no Sean Marino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, other, I, I, the, other guys, the other guy's Donald Brown. Okay, I I didn't I didn't know about not Donald Brown, but I definitely know about uh, no shot. But uh, my all my boys are like from are from Middletown, so they're always like the oh, best okay. time of our life was just going to the high school games and watching them just run all over the field. Dude, like, they, I, I mean that was that was a really special team, and I know the head coach really well. He's a great mm-hmm. guy. They had some great players. They had a linebacker too named Nick Macaluso, who I actually hosted at Rutgers. He ended up going to Stanford. I guess I didn't do a good enough job. But he, uh, <laughs> but he went. But I mean, they had some. They had some really great players. And then Donnie Brown, you know, he he had a two thousand yard season. His redshirt junior at UConn, and he left. He left a year early there and got drafted by the Colts. And Don played about I want to say eight total years um, in the league. So it's kind of crazy. So I played against both those guys just in high school. That's, I mean, that's there, 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 there's there's crazy talent in Jersey Shore in, in, in all sports, you know, and in basketball as well. I mean, if there's some, I mean, J.R. Smith, he's from he's from Ocean County. 
Lakewood, yeah. He's from Lakewood. Yeah, went to St. Benedict's, but uh, but yeah, he's he's a Lakewood guy. Actually, I mean, he might have went to Lakewood his first his first two years in high school. Then he went to St. Benedict's, but um, I mean, there's a lot of talent. Jersey oh, yeah. breeds athletes. So many Jersey they, athletes come out. They do. They do. There's a lot. I mean, like so. There's a crazy stat that I, I bring up all the time. And, and so my draft class was 09, right? Mm-hmm. So so coming out. So my last football season at Rutgers was 08. So my draft class was 09. The the amount of first rounders that year that were from Jersey was insane. Yeah. It was Kyle Wilson, um, Malcolm Jenkins. Mm. Kenny Britt, yep. Um, Nosha Marino, Donnie Brown, BJ Raji, um, BJ. Brian Brian Cushing. All these guys were all from Jersey and went in the first round in the 09 draft wow. class. How crazy is that? All from That's Jersey. ridiculous. You know, it's funny because we are, we obviously go go out to Shore all the time. We have has a house in Belmont. I have a house in Manasquam. Last summer we saw we were at Bar A. I saw Quinn Nelson and. Yeah. Uh, He's a stud. He was first of all, he's wearing his own jersey, which is that's so badass. But, but that's, that's so yeah, fucking yeah, badass. It's, it's either it's either badass or suspect. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. But if you're Quentin Nelson, it could, it's badass because no one's fucking yeah. with you. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we and then we saw Gasicki from uh, from Manalapan, yeah. Miami. Now he walks in. Yeah, like, yeah, he's he's a stud too. Absolutely. So yeah, are, yeah. Jersey has that, like you know, they're always going to come home. You're always going to come home to Jersey. It has that for sure. Effect. Yeah, no, definitely, the man. Jersey Shore is just the best place to be. It's a different breed. It really is. Different beast. It is, especially in the summertime. I mean, it, I mean it's a little bummer now what's going on with COVID and mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And it's funny, like, I, I host people um, I host people on the shore in the summertime. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, talent that I deal with and they want to come check out the shore, well, they come down to my house in Tom's River. We hang out and we all hit, we hit the shore. I brought um, uh, we work with the McCourty Twins, right? They're clients of ours. And I brought Devin to Parker House last year. Did you <laughs> yeah, yeah, me, Devin, me, Devin, and a couple of our um, a couple of our teammates from Rutgers that we're all still very close with. You gotta uh, hit us all, up. We all we all hit Parker House, and it was a blast. Like that, it was a way different. Like people who aren't used to it, like you know, it's different for them. Oh you know, um, but I, I had to kind of give them a taste of like what it looked like, and uh, yeah, we had a blast. It was funny, but that was yeah, that was just last summer for sure. I, it, it just sucks like what's going on now, you know, because you, like it, it's a cool feel of the shore to have those shore bars and oh, there's yeah. real short, not even just the bars, like restaurants, like shore experiences, the rides mm-hmm. and the boardwalk. Um, you know, it, it's, it sucks that we're kind of going through it. And I understand it. Like you got to be cautious and, you know, but um, the timing, you know, it kind of blows going into, you know, the summertime. Yeah, it definitely does. So I'm, I'm curious if like your teammates were actually like into Jersey Shore, the, the show, or were they just but like kind of busting your chops? Busting my chops. I think it was both. I think they like to bust my chops, you know, because, yeah. you know, and that's classic like locker room, you know, everyone, you know, gets on there a little bit. And again, like I had a target on my back just being a, a pure Jersey Shore guy. Um, <laughs> but and a lot of people would think like, oh, you don't sound like you're from the Jersey Shore. And I'm like, well, what is like, it's because you don't know what someone sounds like because like, <laughs> you, know, you don't know the Jersey Shore. That's why. Like, they're listening you know, to people from Brooklyn and shit and Staten yeah, Island. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm born and bred at the shore. Like, don't tell me what the shore is. You know? like, <laughs> it's, uh, but, and a lot of them just, and a lot of them, I think, just like the show. You know, I, mean, I, I know a lot of people that love that show. You know, I mean, it, it, it's it's reality TV. You know, it's, right. I, I, you know, I get, and I'm sure it's played up a little bit. Even, you know, some of the guys on the show, it's just, uh, you know, it's played up. In fact, actually, I know, I know uh, Roger Matthews. You know, he's, he seems like a regular guy, you know, Jay yeah. Lazo, you know, but he, 
it's just it's just funny, you know. It's what that became and what that culture represented. It's just nuts. Oh, wow! It's, it's one of those it's one of those guilty pleasures that no one really wants to admit that they're into, but kind of everyone is. Absolutely, everyone was watching it. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care whether you admit it or not. Like you, right. you, you watched a couple episodes. I still watch it now when it comes on. Yeah, I watch I guess, it all. Especially when we're going out, I get so fucking hyped when I watch it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Especially when I'm down the shore, it's got to be on the TV. It does something. Uh, it gets no me, doubt. It, for some reason, it just gets me fucking so locked in, ready to drink. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Every Tuesday, we'd go to my my boy's house and watch the Jersey Shore. We'd all stop at fucking Quick Check, get get two cans of dip, and just like sit there and reruns and watch the new episode. Some of the best times, <laughs> really. It really was. Every- Everyone has a routine. We get, we get them ready to go, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, throwing a show. It's like yeah, it's like a pre. It's like a pregame speech. You know, you throw, really uh, you throw a show on, then you go out and hit the same bar that maybe they went to or whatever. You know, it's it's, uh, it's kind of funny. Kevin, on that note, we want to know how else you spend your free time. Like, are you big into TV shows, movies, video games, anything like that? Uh, you know what? I, I, there's some series we got into, like Ozark is awesome, man. I mean, I'm a huge fan of that. We got into that, me and my wife, especially during the quarantine, and she was pregnant and just kind of just chilling and, you know, throwing some stuff. And um, uh, say in my free time, you know what? And my friends think I'm absolutely nuts. Is I'm still an avid lifter. Like, I, I'm a little out of my mind when it comes to, like, my daily, like, training routine. Like, I still try to train five days a week. And I lift like I still play. Like I like to work out and lift like I still play. Like even my even my weight right now is like kind of close to my playing weight. Like I played at two forty. Right now I'm weighing like two thirty eight, two thirty five. Wow. You know, and and because I just love to train and work out, and that came you know so growing up with, with my dad and um, and my brothers, and then also in college we had a great strength coach when I was there. who's actually back there now under Coach Yano. Um, he's a great guy and taught me so much, and uh, just brought a passion to the weight room. Uh, but I, I love to work out still. So like I'm so I'm still hitting like back squats. I'm front squatting. I'm snatching like a fucking snatch. You know what I mean? Like can you like and my friends are like, Kevin, what are you doing? You don't have to. Do, why are you snatching? <laughs> like you, you know what I mean? Like it really that that lift. I'm gonna be real. It has no purpose for me right now. It has zero purpose. But you know, but at least I can talk about it. And hey, hey a lot of the kids I'm going after, they're still snatching. You know, they're lifting, they're lifting like that because they're up, they're playing exactly. So like, it makes me a little more relatable, I guess. But it's it's uh, it, people like for my friends now, like the the, tw- the twins specifically, they think I'm nuts. They think I'm nuts the way I lift. But I, it's just like it's something I like to do it. You know, train behavior becomes instinct, and like it was just my instinct over these years of doing it that way. And um, I love to train that way, and that's how I feel comfortable. And uh, so like you know. I used to love going to the movie theater, like going check out movies and stuff like that. I'm, I'm pretty much low key, uh, or or just getting together with my friends. My relationships mean so much to me, you know, uh, uh, family, my friends, and I, essentially that's kind of what brought me towards this business because I just know it's a relationship business, and that's why it makes me uh, successful in Mocha. But um, I love spending time with people in my life. You know, as, as generic as that sounds. Um, but it's, it's true. Like I love like meeting up with someone and catching up with them for no real reason, just checking in on them or, you know, having a beer with someone in Jersey city, if they come and visit the office or something like that. Or, um, you know, I love spending time with my, my family and my friends, my relationships mean a lot. For sure. How, how do you, how do you balance work with working out with being a dad, husband, friend, et cetera? It's, it's tough. You know, it, it really is, you know, cause like, 
for a big part of my life. And I think that this is actually what made me successful as an athlete is I was extremely selfish with my time to be completely honest. Like I was, you know, even so, um, my wife, I dated in high school, like I've known her since high school. Right. So I was extremely selfish to my time, um, day in and day out. So like, even she would be like waiting around for me to complete a workout or waiting around for me to, to grab some fuel to work with some friends. You know what I mean? So I was always selfish with my time. Now, as I grow and I have a family, two kids, um, clients now that I have to serve and, and make sure we're, you know, we're doing good by then, um, you know, uh, growing the business. Um, a lot of it's just kind of balancing it you know, and having conversation and open communication, you know? So if my wife says, Hey, I need you home here at this time, like there's no work around. I kind of adjust my schedule and make sure I can make it happen, you know? And, um, and I'm not gonna lie. Like I don't, I don't sleep a lot, you know, like even when I come home and when I train, I'll drive all the way from Jersey city where I train, you guys will get kicked out of this where I train. I still train in my parents' garage where my dad built us a weight room. <laughs> so like literally the, so literally the bench, my first bench press I ever did, like when I was in seventh or eighth grade, I benched to the, on this to this day, the same exact bench press. Awesome. So like I drive from Jersey City, and I'm not, like I'm not sure if, if you look up where Whiting is in Ocean County, it's like this back part of like Manchester. It's in the middle of nowhere, a bunch of woods and whatever. My 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 dad's lived there our whole life, you know. Like, and I I drive from Jersey City, and by that time I don't go home because my son's asleep. So I just go right to my parents' house and train, come home, eat dinner out some other emails I have to do from the night that I might have missed during that time period and wake up and get after it. Spend time with my son in the morning. Um, that's like a de- that's like a designated time for my son. I, I drop him off at school or a babysitter or whatever. Uh, kind of spend some time with him there and then head into Jersey City or go where I gotta go. And then again, it's just it's just staying active, man. It's working and being present and then also being present wherever you are. You know, one thing I, I've realized is like it does me no use to worry about anything else going on anywhere else as long as I'm in a room with someone else. You know, if I'm in that room, like right now, like I'm in, I'm in this space with you guys in this podcast. Like right. I'm, com- I'm committed to this space in this podcast right now. You know what I mean? And to what you guys are talking about and, and how I feel and things like that. So like, again, it's committing myself and staying in the moment. Uh, that's kind of, kind of held balanced out, you know, and, and sometimes I could be a little selfish and my wife brings me back down to earth. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a fun balance. So, you know, I definitely have zero complaints. It's a fun balance. I know both times you came into uh, to Annie's class, you were sweat, you were swagging out. You, were, you, you I can tell you that you you know how to dress. You, you always got the bracelets on. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious, your favorite brands, your shoes, are you a sneakerhead? Love it, love this conversation. I love where this conversation is going. Um, <laughs> so yes, I do have a, a, a ton of sneakers, um, and I I love clothes. Yeah, so like I I you know I've always, I've always have. I'm into fashion. Um, my favorite pair of sneakers or are the Jordan ones. Like I'll, I think the Jordan ones, I could, and I've worn them in business meetings with executives or just out with my buddies. I mean, you could wear that shoe. In my opinion, it transcends a lot of different things, you know, cause people respect, you know, it, people kind of respect it and it, it looks good with a lot of different things, especially specific, whatever color, whatever colors you're rocking. Uh, but I'm a huge fan I have a lot of Jordan 11s, but like really now, all I buy is a Jordan one. Like whenever new, a new Jordan one comes out, I'll go after that. Um, you have a favorite but, colorway? Um, you know what? I just got I, I got those um the purple ones, the purple and white that just came out yeah. with the black Nike check. Yeah. Um, in fact, actually, I wore them in my latest Instagram post when I'm holding my my daughter. 
It's my it went up when I hold my daughter <laughs> that that was just born. Um and I just got those, but like I'm a, I'm a big fan of those. I got those black and green ones recently too. Those are pretty cool. They go they go with a lot. Um but yeah, I got the Royals, I mean the red like you know, the black, red and white. I mean I got a ton. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of those. Um but yeah, I mean that's and it's what's what's cool about what I do now is it's very casual where I where I work. You know, so and plus me, like I'm meeting with guys who kind of dress like me. You know, so um, it's it's acceptable in that space. Now, depending on uh, who I'm meeting with, I'll wear a suit or you know a, a nice dress shirt or whatever. Depending on, depending on what I got going on professionally. Um, but it's funny when I first went to Malka, like kind of as like a, a, my first unofficial day there, I was kind of stopped by the office. But I was in a because in my previous job, I had to wear a suit. You had to wear a shirt and tie. So I walked in there, and you thought people probably thought I was auditing the place. Like they probably were like, yo, who, like, who is this guy? Like, you know what I mean? Like they probably had no idea. Cause I was so like, I was, I, I, I stuck out like a sore thumb, you know, right. now I can go and I can go into work again, depending on who I'm meeting with or what I got going on. I can go to work wearing a pair of joggers, Jordans and like a rock and roll t-shirt, yeah. you know? So like, sure. it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Like you get to show your style in our workplace and everybody dresses like that. You know, it's, it's perfectly normal and acceptable. So it's, uh, it's cool, man. It's definitely a different space. And that, that's even more of a transition, you know, going from corporate America to something a little like, you know, millennial type, you know? That, definitely. And it was, it was interesting watching uh, the last dance when Jordan wore the Jordan ones, his last game at MSG, yeah. and he like literally couldn't play in them. And you know what? That, I, that's how they look. You know. can't play in them. I know. I, 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 sometimes I put those Jordans on, especially even like the 11, like the 11s aren't that comfortable. Like they pinch at the top. Like yeah. they're not like a, that comfortable of a shoe in my opinion. I, I don't know how they they, they people actually perform and play. Yeah. I, I really don't. I really up don't. until up until the eighties, they were playing in Converse. So I think oh, anything wow. was a step up from that. Dude. <laughs> that's so true. That's Their so fucking true. shins probably hurt so bad. Every oh, single I, I can't imagine. I'm also you know what? I'm also a huge um, Vans fan. Like I love yeah. Vans. Especially the summertime, like you just throw on a pair of Vans and like go out and do whatever. But I, uh, I'm, a, I have a ton, a ton of pairs of Vans too. So I'm a huge Vans guy. Probably then, I have, then, I, then I have like your other shoot, like your 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 upscale brands and stuff like that, depending on the situation. But um, I would say my day to day shoes are your Jordan One or Vans. I got some Yeezys too, mixing the play. But, um, but yeah, yeah, definitely a big sneaker guy. Did you get a Did you get a sneaker connect from a uh, plane and going into the business? You know what? I don't. I don't have That's a crazy. Like, I, I I don't have a like an actual sneaker connect. I mean, I have some people I hit up. It's funny, you know. I, I actually hit up uh, the 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 McCordy twins a lot on their opinions on what they think of shoes. <laughs> so like, I'll, so I'll do like a screenshot it on like the Nike app or someone's stock apps or something like that, uh-huh. and I'll send it to them like, "Yo, what are you guys thoughts on this?" Because like I really value their opinion in a lot of things, but definitely shoes and. Yeah. Uh, so like, and they'll tell me like, ah, no, nah, I'm not a fan or yeah, I'm a fan. So it's kind of funny. Like I bounce some ideas off those guys. Are they like, uh, are they like the same guy? Because like the way they like, it seems like they operate is they operate as one, like one cohesive they do, unit. They do. They do everything together. Um, but, but they really are two different personalities, you know, yeah. and they're, and the relationship is so special and tight that yeah. it could appear like they're the same. You know what I mean? Because yeah, totally. I mean, it is a, their bond is super special, man. And 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 to you know, just to talk about those guys for a second is, you know, I came. Those guys were in the same recruiting class as me at Rutgers, so we all came in together. And uh, so I met them when I was 19 years old, and 
we grew together at a very interesting time at Rutgers where Rutgers was really climbing the ladder and becoming very successful. So like imagining all those times together and, and experiencing all that. And then even better, I got to play with Jay for two years in Tennessee where I, was li- awesome. I lived with him actually for one year. Um, so it was really cool to experience that and, and experience him at that as teammates. But like those guys become such great friends of mine and they're such great people. You know, I mean, as respected as they are on the field, and trust me, they are respected like across the whole NFL, like uh, uh, all, like a bunch of teams, players, coaches, GMs, head coaches. Like these guys are very well respected. Um, these guys are just amazing people, you know. And and, yeah, they, and now to and now to work with them, like so, experience them as teammates, and then that grew into an amazing friendship. And now we're like brothers. Um, and then now I experience them as clients, you know. Um, which is super special, man. I mean, what these guys do, I mean, they're up for the Walter, uh, I mean, they're up for the uh, Muhammad Ali Humanitarian Award. They've been up for the Walter Payton Man of the Award before. Um, and the, 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 the Muhammad Ali Award, that's one of the most prestigious community service awards you can win in sports. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. it's very special. And, uh, and these guys are Rutgers Distinguished Alumni. They gave the commencement speech last year. I mean, it's just, they have a, an enormous list. I mean, they keep me busy, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good thing, you know, and I'm good happy clients. to do it. Good clients to Exactly. Have. They're great clients to have. And they're honestly, they're they're a prime example of how we want our guys to follow suit, which is really cool too, to have that part of our agency. Mm -hmm. It's a great examples, you know, for our younger guys, because now they can see the work we do with them and they're like, I want to do that. Or I like what they're doing. And I think that's cool. Can we do it for this kind of charity or this kind of 501c3? No. So it's really cool. These guys continue to set the standard and it really reflects not only I mean, clearly it reflects themselves very well, it reflects their agency well, and, it, you know, it, it goes on to the other guys as well. So it's a really cool, like, legacy that they're doing. Yeah, man. Definitely. You got to tell them how much fun you had on the Crossover Podcast. We'd love to talk to them. I will. I will. They're, they're a tough get. They're a tough get. I'll say that right now. They, uh, I mean, they're just, uh, I'm a little easier. I'm washed up, but they, uh, they, uh, I mean, I, they, they were just on uh, ABC Nightline the other day, and they were on CNN last week. You know, so it's a... Uh, they spoke at uh my commencement last year 2019 and you know what my my sister graduated in 2016 from Rutgers. that's when president mm-hmm. obama spoke in my opinion yeah. they were more inspirational than president obama they were they were unbelievable they were unbelievable really they were they, great. they absolutely killed that speech yeah i mean they killed it I was like, I was blown away because I, I can't imagine how hard it is, especially because, mind you, like the way they have to do it and this whenever they give it to us, whenever they have a speaking engagement that we secure for them or, or whatever that comes in, is they have to go back and forth. So imagine it's like not just me talking to you. I get to deliver a speech. That's it. But they have to like organize a speech to where like one person saying another thing, another person saying another thing. And the way they're able to do that, they have such a natural feel to bounce off one another it's it's really amazing and you see it on their on their podcast that we do for them double coverage and uh it's so cool to see and they they nailed that commencement speech and what's really cool about even that day is they jumped on a helicopter after they gave that commencement speech went up to uh, liberty park in jersey city and did their uh and did their charity walk you know for so again like these guys start like i mean they are so amazing as far as what they do and we're just super blessed to be in their corner and uh, to just help them along the way. And it was, they're, they're transcendent in a sense because, you know, my mom, she's not a sports person. And she came up to me after. She was like, that's one of the best speeches I've ever heard. And she had no idea who the hell they were. That's a great call, too. That's yeah. so cool you said that because I really believe their audience is expanding more and more, you know. And, and that's, honest, that's honestly our role is to make sure, like I say this all the time about Dev and Jay, is my job is to make sure everyone knows them the way I know them. Yep. That's my job. 
you know, to position and brand them a certain way or to put them in a position here so people can just listen to them, which is the main reason why we started Double Covers Podcast is because, yeah, we just want them to expand upon who they are, who they are as people, how well-spoken they are, you yep. know? And, and if you want to go the broadcasting world, it's just always nice to have reps if that's what you decide to do in the future. It's good to have those reps. Um, and they're just lights out. I mean, they, they are, they're just killing it. And they, again, like you said, they're appealing to all different types of people and backgrounds. And you don't have to just be um, a football player to appreciate them or a, fo- or a football fan. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Did you, did you coordinate their speech? Well, um, so yeah, with Rutgers, yeah, we did the back and forth. We organized everything with Rutgers yeah, on their behalf. And then also, um, their speech themselves. So I got to say like they, they, they wrote it themselves. They wrote their speech themselves. Um, maybe their wives helped them out a little bit there. Um, but other than that, like they, they, I mean, they bounced it out. They bounced it off us and me and Pat looked at it and were like, wow, this is amazing. It's yeah. great. Like, you know what I mean? Like those guys, I'm telling you, like perspective wise, like it's, it's crazy. Like I, I only hope all of our guys kind of follow in their footsteps and have that kind of approach, but also have that kind of, professional like um just being um professional in everything they do like they have that kind of approach you know it's, it's really cool and we really do we have a lot of really good young guys that are following their following that suit and and treat people with respect i mean that's a one thing i'm really proud of like our clients that our agency represents is these guys are just really like hearts of gold you know and doing a lot more with their platform and you know we we represent sebastian joseph day he's another guy uh, and just what a great human being he is. You know, the things he's doing, he's part of the Players Coalition, doing some lot of great stuff with social justice. Uh, he just wrote an op-ed the other day. But he, and he's also, you know, he fundraised some money uh, for COVID-19 doing an Instagram DJ Live, like, and, and directed him, you know, and, and he had like Aaron Donald join it and stuff like that. It was like, really cool. This, I mean, talk about just using your platform in a positive way during these times. I mean, you, you can't, that's the type of stuff that, which really makes this part, this job cool. It's creating impact. And you want these guys to leave a legacy behind, you know, whether that, whether that is in business or it's in philanthropy, you know, and, and for me, like, you know, what you do on the field, you know, that's, you know, that, that sets you up as a, as a player. I mean, yeah, you can be a great player, but we do off the field that sets up your legacy, you know, and, and that's, uh, that's what all these guys get. And that's what they're doing. So I'm curious if, have you ever been in the situation where, you know, there was this real pro- high profile potential client, uh, it's going to make you guys a lot of money, but their character wasn't exactly up to par. You know what? Like a lot of, a lot of the guys that we go after, um, we vet out even beforehand, you know? So, uh, and a lot of us do prior relationships. Like that's how I kind of recruit or go after people. It's people I've known throughout my network. And I have a big list of people who are oh, I have a bunch of different schools and they're bouncing around and people I've known from the NFL going back to college and things like that. And I kind of, fact check um so we never really get to that point where we approach someone and it's a yes or a no but then we last minute found out about your character you know it's like very like we, we find all that stuff out very prematurely you know as far as throughout that process if that if that makes any sense I hope that answers your question oh yeah for sure kevin i think it's awesome that you speak so passionately about your work where do you where do you see your career going from here you know what? Uh, I'm extremely grateful to work at Malka uh, because of their vision and what they do, and uh, and I'm very ble- I'm very grateful and blessed to have the job that I have. You know, um, I I feel like I've earned it throughout my career. You know, some people are like, you know, because a lot of people they want to 
get in the sports business or they want a job like that I, that I have, you know, they see kind of like what I do and on the move or traveling and hanging out. I mean, but there's a lot of work and effort that I had to put into this, like to develop these relationships um, and, and really answer the bell in a many, in a lot of different ways, you know, and deliver for people, you know, yeah, it's cool working like a, a big deal with like pizza hut or, you know, Mountain Dew or something like that. But sometimes I'm, I'm organizing, uh, a media obligation to, you know, a, any kind of new state, uh, network, you know, it's, so that's not like the sexiest part of the job, but it's part of it, you know, and delivering for these people. Um, you know, where I see myself going is I would love just to continue to grow on what I'm doing and how I'm doing it, you know, and, and that is just expanding my network and, and building upon my relationships and delivering for those relationships day in and day out. Um, I have a ton of respect for the guy I work for, um, because, you know, of how he treated me and how special does that relationship look like when I'm sitting down with a recruit, uh, or a parent of a recruit or, or an aunt and uncle of that recruit. And I get to tell them about what I do and who I do it for. And by the way, I, this guy was my agent. You know what I mean? So like, it, it's a really cool story. If you step back and, and look at it, as far as what we do and, and, and the guys on the content side that we, you know, that we merge with, um, they're all great guys too. And they're, they're thought leaders in the space in the content space and what they're doing is just amazing stuff. Awesome, man. We definitely wish you the best of luck with all of that. Do, do you have any uh, social media links or anything like that that you want to shout out? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, my, it's just my, my social media is simple. It's just uh, Kevin Malice at, uh, you know, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter and uh, LinkedIn. And it's funny, I was never a social media guy until I got into this space. So I never had it as a player or nothing, you know, and then I understand, you know, how it helps here and, you know, showing network and things like that and people that trust you and stuff like that. So it's social has been good for me, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Awesome. You can uh, follow the crossover at facebook.com slash the crossover, Twitter at it's the crossover, Instagram at the crossover, and our website www.itsthecrossover.com. That's I T S T H E C R O S S O V R.com. Kevin, thank you so, so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. I think this was awesome. My pleasure, man. I had a lot of fun and I appreciate everything you guys are doing. And uh, I really wish you guys the best of luck. It's cool, man, to pursue this and. Um, you guys are in a great space with a lot of potential and opportunity and uh, I truly wish you guys the best of luck appreciate it thanks Kevin pleasure you can catch us next time we have a great episode with uh, former Duke men's lacrosse captain in 2019 ACC defensive player of the year JT Giles Harris Kevin any last words I'm good man good to go (laughs) All right, man thank you so much